may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and... Right, nearly half time pal, your turn to get a ground round in, off you go No, you get this one in mate because I've got the beer sorted for later What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one, you know that's not how the ground round works Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN. To get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five, that's www.beer52.com forward slash vftn. Sound pie with a pint, then? You know, I never say no to a pie. Uh, what was that Premier League season like then? Uh, we started a bit slowly. A few disappointing draws against Huddersfield and Newcastle. We couldn't really get into wins. I know you didn't come back in until sort of a bit later on in the season, but how was the atmosphere in the camp as that season started off with it? Were the boys a bit disappointed, feeling a bit flat? Or did you know, no, this is going to come good, we'll be all right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Going back on, on that, I, I obviously didn't know if I was going to be with Cardiff or not, you know? Um, so I hadn't, I hadn't signed my deal uh, and I was coming into a World Cup, which, by the way, because of my injury, I came here to Qatar for recovery for two two weeks um, into a place called Aspita, <clears throat> um, which has the best doctors and, and physiotherapy probably in, in, in the world. Um, so I came here for two weeks, not knowing where I was going to be the next season. Um, my full focus was the World Cup, but I always had in the back of my mind that I wanted to finish the contract with Cardiff uh, coming into the World Cup. Bit of security reason for myself and also um, that I wanted to stay with Cardiff um, and first time I was offered three-year contract and then I had, an, I had a, some difficulty reaching that that contract and then they offered me a year and, and a year option or two years and then they took that away from the table as well and they ended up offering me a year and I just said, all right, this is probably the last year of my contract um, here with Cardiff. Because I felt quite disappointed that I felt like I, I deserved more respect. Uh, and I felt like I deserved a longer contract. But, but I, just, I just thought, all right, then um, uh, I'm going to give absolutely everything for, for, for Cardiff for the, for the last year. And and that was it. it. Just and I come into 
a season uh, after not having a normal recovery before the World Cup. It was a rust recovery and I wasn't ready. I, I, I remember I trained only once before a game against Argentina. Imagine that, training one train and then chasing Messi for, for uh, 60 minutes. It's not ideal, I'll tell you that. Uh, and, and I felt like I wasn't, I wasn't quite up to standard, up to fitness after, my, after the World Cup. Um, again, Warnock does it ever so well just telling me to take my time. And he gave me time, which I respected so much. Uh, I knew I needed time, so I came back to Qatar for uh, recovery and fitness. So I was more working on, towards my fitness. And coming back from Qatar to, to Cardiff, I felt ready. And I remember I missed the first eight games of the season. Uh, and we hadn't, we hadn't won the, the game before uh, yeah, the first eight games or the first nine games or something. And it just felt like we were a bit flat, uh, but we, we should have won some games. Like, like you said, Newcastle game, I thought we played well. Huddersfield, we should have won. Um, but then again, Neil saved the penalty last minute against Newcastle. And it was just, it, it just wasn't, it was quite, yeah, it was quite flat. But the momentum into the season was, was good. I think that we were positive and we were, we were fit and ready to go. It was just a little bit, like you say, flat. But by the end of the season, a lot of the fans will look at referee decisions as a as a factor, and it's not staying up. Don't get me started on. Oh, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm gonna do. Like, how how do you, how do you like how does that affect you as a player? Like, do you look at that and think, look, that cost us staying in the Premier League, and how frustrating is it? And is it is it hard to get over it as a group? Yeah, um, that Chelsea goal, the Chelsea game changed the momentum in our in our I felt like we had them um, we were one nil up and we I felt like we were cruising and that then three points would have given us such a lift going forward uh, it drained us I, I'm not gonna lie it, it, it took away confidence in the group I didn't feel like we were up against it with the referees or anything like that. But that decision is probably one of the worst decisions I've ever seen. You know, he's, he's two meters offside. And obviously nowadays it would have been different because the, the VAR would have ruled it out. But it just it shows you the little things like this matter in, in, in football. And just shows you can, it can, can have a, a big effect on, on a team who is scrapping for relegation. And, and imagine taking three points away from Chelsea. It, it, it would have given us such a lift, you know? Yeah. Then you obviously finished down at Old Trafford. What was that like? like we were already down, but it was almost like a part of the atmosphere in the Cardiff end, despite already being relegated. What was it like finishing in front of the fans in that corner and the Icelandic clap and everything going off? It just shows you where we were uh, as a football club. You know, I felt like we were more prepared coming down this time than we were last time. I felt like the fans were more in it with us um, and they showed 
it just like everything that happened that season with with the tragic in, incident with, with Salah. Uh, it just it it just brought something special with the, the relationship with the fans and the players and uh, and the club itself. It was obviously um, a tragic event, but it it did bring bring us together a lot. I, I just I seen a lot of difference in the, the way we were with each other. Uh, yeah, it, and the last game shows you where we where we were as, as a club. And, and you know what, I, I felt I felt quite positive leaving at that moment, you know. It was, I, I felt like I was leaving, obviously disappointed that we, we got relegated, but I felt like I was leaving a club that was together still, you know. It was, it was not as disappointing as it was the first time we were promoted and relegated because I felt like the club was just shambles at the time. It was just so much going on, wrong. Um, and this time around, it just felt right uh, and much better. Uh, obviously disappointed, like I said, being relegated again. But I would have obviously liked to finish staying in the league and then just gone away because I already made this decision in January to come to Qatar. Uh, I already signed the, the deal. Um, I think it was in February or something, uh, which uh, which everyone knew at the club, uh, the owner and, and Warnock and, and everything. And obviously the the news broke broke. I think in March or something, but it doesn't really matter. But I already made the decision, and I would have I would have liked to stay in the league and and said goodbye then, but. I still felt all right leaving at that moment because I felt like the, the club was in the right frame of, of mind and, and the state I left it in, I left at was 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 quite good. Going out with a two 0 win at Old Trafford isn't a bad option, is it? No, especially being a Man United fan. I've been a Man United fan since I was a kid, and um, and the last time we were in the Premier League, I didn't play at Old Trafford. I was on the bench the whole game, um, so I felt like. Beating them at Old Trafford and finishing my last my last game in the UK there was was meant to be, you know. It was a special moment, and and doing the Viking Club only once. I promised I would never ever do it with anyone else than the Icelandic fans. I just had to do it, you know, once just to say thank you and goodbye. Uh, because obviously the Viking club is quite special for for myself and the, and the fans in, in Iceland, so but I had I had to do it once and it was uh, it was nice to do it and say and, and and log out in at Old Trafford with with the Viking club there. Yeah. We can't speak to you and not talk about Iceland. Um, did you ever think you'd reach the heights you did um, by qualifying for a major tournament and then obviously progress into the quarterfinals? Were you like when you went into your international career? What was your goal? Nah, I, like, like we, I don't know. I, f- I felt like we had a good generation coming through. We were a team who had been together from under twenty-one, uh, under nineteen, under twenty-one, and we just had this winning attitude amongst us. Um, we obviously reached the the Euros in Denmark under twenty-one, and we did well in that tournament, even though we didn't qualify. Uh, and I felt like we were slowly but surely 
graduating into a first team. And I felt like if we can do it in the under-21, we can do it in the, in the first team, which is a, a bizarre thinking, you know, because it's a, it's, a <laughs> it's a different world. But that's just how our mentality is. We, just, we do not believe that we are going to lose a football match. And it's a good thing coming into a game, even, that, even though you have got no chance, which we've, we've had. We've played against France and we've played against teams that we've had no chance. But then at least you, you know that you, you, you come into the game confident and you gave it your all. And that's just how our attitude is with Iceland. Um, uh, but reaching the, the heights we did at Euros, nah, you, you, can't really, you can't really expect that from a country size of Iceland. Um, and it's, it's something special playing for your country and, and, and doing so well, it means even more. And uh, it just shows again, like with the fans, the relationship we have with the fans is it's special. And it takes you places when you, when you have the whole country on your side, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it can take you a long, long way. Um, but yeah, the belief, amongst the players in Iceland is, is, is phenomenal. And, and, um, and we will go down in the history of, of Iceland, obviously, but we've, we've also paved, paved the way for the future generation of, of, they can never say, oh, it's not possible because we are too small. You know, we've, we've set the standard um, for, for the younger generation to look up to and, and, and knowing that they have to work hard to reach it. Um, so it's more special to us that we we have shown Icelanders that any, anything is possible. How big was it to follow up then to qualify for the World Cup straight after it to show it wasn't like a flash in the pan and it could be a consistent thing for Iceland? Yeah, that's that's what I mean, and that that was quite important to us to show it wasn't just a fluke. And we said that straight away after the Euros. Uh, <clears throat> the coach here was already planning for the first game against Ukraine. I remember he came up to me after, uh, uh, before the England game. No, 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 before the France game, the last game of our tournament in, in the Euros. And he was, he was talking to me about this game against Ukraine. And I was like, what are you on about? And so he, just, he, he, he was already thinking ahead, which we needed. We needed guidance because we were obviously just living in the moment. We were in a bubble of, of Euro and we were all of a sudden superstars in our countries and, and we weren't thinking about the next tournament, which was just literally two months later. Uh, and that, I think planning ahead was important for us because we started, we started the, the next, the, the qualifier for the World Cup really, really well. And that just took us momentum further into, into qualifying for the World Cup. I mean, we were in a group with Turkey, Ukraine, and Croatia and winning that group it's it's it shouldn't be possible for us as a, as a country because you know how Croatia how good Croatia is you know you play them Wales have played them quite a, quite a few times so yeah uh, beating them to the first place was was unbelievable achievement and and probably the best qualifying group we've ever played yeah can you ever get bored of speaking about the Euros because you must get asked it almost on a daily basis by people. Does it, does it ever wear off? 
No, I, I think especially that England game, you know, it's uh, it's just the way we went about it, uh, the way people were with us, you know, because a lot of people are against England. Uh, yeah, that's true. And <laughs> rightly so, because in my opinion, they didn't give us the credit that we were we we deserved. Uh, especially after the game, I felt like they were just speaking about how bad they were, and <clears throat> and it's just a tragic that we can lose to a a team like Iceland. And it was just like you know what, fuck you. You know that's just how how we felt uh, at the time because we didn't get the respect um, from the media and and. and everything around it was just focused on negativity towards the England players we just played a better game than them and we were just we out fought them and we we uh, we were just better in every aspect of the game yeah they, they had a chance towards the end but I just felt like we were in control of the game the whole time and the pressure just got to them um, and that's probably the best game we played in that tournament you know it's, it's just it showed our character and 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 I mean, coming up against England in Iceland, the Premier League is the most watched league in the world and everyone has a team they support. And watching them week in, week out, it was always a dream playing against England uh, in, a, in a major tournament. And we managed to play them and we managed to, to, uh, to beat them and chuck them out of the competition. And it, it, it's, it's, it's such a special memory. Um, and then we have them now in, in the Nation League uh, next month. I think it will be a difficult game. We'll have our Iceland shirt ready for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I bet they want to uh, they want to uh, beat us and they want to beat us badly. I think. Um, what was it like seeing like the Welsh players then doing the Icelandic clap in front of their fans within days of you doing it and things like that? And that must have been bizarre for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously seen the video of them celebrating when we were beating England. Uh, which went viral, uh, and it was just and the the Viking club is originally not from us, you know. It's it's from Scotland. Um, it's a it's a supported group. Uh, I think it's I can't remember the team in Scotland, but it doesn't really matter. But it, it, the, there was an Icelandic team playing in the in the UEFA League, UEFA Europa League, <clears throat> and their supportive supporters group went to that game. And they, they must have seen this Viking club. They brought it back to, to Iceland to do it with their team. And some part of that supporter group is our supporter group in the, in the national team. And the first, the first time I, I heard it, I, I was, I, it was just an unbelievable feeling. You just go, all, everything went silent in the stadium. It's not a big stadium in Iceland, but it just, everything went silent. And then you just hear, and you just thought, wow, it just gives you chills, like, especially when you're on the pitch and you, you can hear that coming. Um, and after the Austria game, I decided that us, the players, should do it with the fans. Uh, but probably the most famous Viking clap is after the, the England game, um, probably because it was more watched. Uh, and we didn't really care that Wales did it as well and I mean France did it after beating us and 
show they saying in the in the news or in the press conference after the game that they, they were showing respect to us. So it wasn't we didn't take it to heart that people were doing it because because we were doing it as well. But I, I think the original version you, you can't top that. Yeah, you you mentioned like the arrogance of like the the English even after they got defeated saying it was because they played so badly. How much pleasure does it give you to see a clip like the Steve McLaren one? Have you seen that where he's just saying like how, how comfortable they're going to be and then the goal goes yeah. in? I've probably seen that a hundred times probably. I thought so somehow. Because <laughs> it, it, just, it, just it just shows you how they were thinking during that game because they felt comfortable. I, 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 I didn't see that. I didn't see they were comfortable. I mean, they were, they were missing the ball. I mean, Harry Kane was taking free kick that ended up in a in a throw in. It was just they, uh, the pressure just slowly and surely got to them. And like you say, the video of of Steve McLaren, it probably didn't mean any harm by it, but it was just the timing of it was was uh, not good for him. And yeah, it's a funny clip. I actually seen it just last week because somebody tagged me into it. Twitter, uh, so I I seen it I, and I still laugh at it. It's, it's quite it's quite funny still. I tried making the groan he made in my message tone on my phone for a while, but it just wouldn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so good. Yeah, now it, it, it just shows you how much pressure England lads, you know, English, English national team is under. In uh, it just shows you how much pressure they have from the media and and. And you should, like the the World Cup, the last World Cup, no one expected England to do anything, uh, and they ended up fourth. It's probably they probably feel more comfortable when people are not on their back constantly. And uh, but during that Euros, I felt like they were they were getting hammered and slaughtered by the media every time they had a chance to. It's not yeah. a nice feeling. I, I bet it's not. It's probably not nice to to have so much pressure on you, and then you come again come up against Iceland to who are willing to fight for every single ball and, and, and not going to make it easy for you. And then obviously the result went our way and it's going to, you just see their faces. They just wanted to be swallowed. You know, they wanted the ground to swallow them and it just, it's just how it is. Yeah. During your time at the club, um, it comes across like you made some like friends for life. Um, you mentioned the two promotion squads and other players sort of come and gone, even with the other squads. Uh, what sort of you've been at in Qatar now for just over twelve months, I'd imagine. What sort of other lads? Are you, what lads are you staying in touch with? Who's a regular? Are you still in the WhatsApp group, for example? Yeah, I'm. I'm, a, I'm in the WhatsApp group with the the old the old squads, Hudson, Marcy, Nuni, and and. Um, uh, Don Cowie, Craig Conway, and all of them who were who were part of the, the, the squads who got promoted in the first place. Um, I'm not in the group from the from the <clears throat> the squad lately because I deleted myself from the group when I when I uh, after the last game. But uh, I still speak to Rousey and and, and Moza and sometimes Men, uh, Mendes and and Bamba. Just like I said, you you make friends. Uh, some some you keep in touch with, uh, some you just drift away. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's, uh, it's it's guys who, who you've 
fought hard with for a long time and you obviously make a special bond with them uh, during that time so it's it's a special special friend friendship that you will you will obviously keep in touch for a, for a very long time uh, but yeah probably the most I, I speak to now is is in this squad is, is probably Moza um, he's probably the guy I got on quite yeah best with at the, at the time at the, the late, lately and uh, and Rousey as well I speak to him every now and then have you given him tips on his beard uh, game yet or not <laughs> yeah nah he, he knows that he, he's he, he hasn't got a strong strong uh, beard so he, he should give it up I've told him but uh, <laughs> it's stronger him. than I thought it'd be to be fair Bless him, he, he keeps going. Yeah, it's probably, it's probably, yeah, it, it different on the telly. It probably shows you it different on the telly. <laughs> um, obviously, it's a bit of a tough subject, but we can't really have you here without talking about um, wits. You played alongside him for a number of years. Um, what was it like to play alongside him and sort of how strange is it thinking about talking about that? Cardiff icon like that in the past tense after his tragic passing. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, it's difficult. Uh, it still, it still hurts. I mean, <clears throat> he's, he's a special guy um, and he's a special player for Cardiff City and he, he's a guy who made it he was obviously one of the nine players who were there when I when I came, and he made it easy for for the new players. Even though he's quiet, you, you know that you can always rely on him, even though it's on the pitch or off the pitch. And it was he, he was he was probably the player I was most looking forward to playing with after playing against him, um, and I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed playing. Alongside which, yeah, he, he um, he's probably is one of the best left foot player I've ever ever seen, um, ever played with. Um, and it is difficult to even imagine what actually happened, um, and it's obviously tragic that that it has happened. But uh, yeah. Like I said, it's difficult to speak about it and not, and not, yeah, and think about the bad stuff. But it, I, I try and focus on the memories we we made, um, being in the in the County Cup final and and being promoted together and having some great memories off the pitch, um, in the pops and and on the Christmas dues and because he was always he was a quiet he was a quiet guy. You always knew that he was in a good mood, even though he didn't show it. Uh, his, his dry sense of humor um, was funny as, and we got on well, really, really well. Uh, and I'm just I'm still, still quite shocked that this actually happened. You know, it's, 
yeah, it's difficult to put it into words. And, and my condolences to Amanda and, and his his little family. You know, it's, it's just imagine and, and thinking about it is is difficult. Thanks for that. Yeah, it's a total shame. Um, we'll move on to some fan questions just to end it now. Um, a lot of it's come up already, but. Um, this the classic question here from James Roberts. What's your favourite memory in a city shirt? Um, oh, uh, there is many, but uh, favourite memory is probably I'll I'll do two: the the Charlton game and the goal against Nottingham Forest. It's probably my two favourites. Memories of, of, of Cardiff. Can't argue with that. No. Two <laughs> belters. Um, this is from James Corp. Uh, who was the best midfielder you played with and why? Yeah, it's easy. Easy under and it's wits. I mean, we had good chemistry. Um, I was obviously more defensive minded. Um, he was more attacking. Uh, he played on the on the left. I played on the right of the midfield, and we just knew we knew where we had each other. I got the ball to him because he is more creative than than I than I am, probably even with his right foot. So um, I just if, if people got behind him, I was ready to uh, to win the ball and get the ball as quick as possible to which for him to create something. And we had good good relationship. Uh, on on the pitch, and he's probably yeah the the, the best player I've, I've played with 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 yeah in my in my career um, in a way obviously with Gilfie and, and Ida Good Johnson with the national team but but uh, <clears throat> yeah it would be which in the Cardiff great answer uh, this is from Nicola uh, she tweeted in saying yay my favourite football human ever. Uh, where do you see us finishing the season uh, what change would you make after the last two games and um, which was your favourite ground to visit um, yeah like I said earlier I think we let me check the results ah, they all pretty much went our way 2-2 two, two. Nottingham Swansea take that <laughs> thank you thank you thank you Nottingham um, I can yeah I can see us I can see us being a, in the playoff uh, and I can see us fighting hard for it um, but it will be difficult it could go either way you know I, I would like to see us bully Brentford if we play Brentford home and away uh, but th they are coming into they, they have their momentum behind them so it's going to be a difficult two matches uh, and then anything can happen in Wembley um, yeah, but I think we still have a chance. Um, even after the last last two games, she's obviously I don't know if she was talking about Derby game or, or, or the Blackburn and the um, the Fulham game. Yeah, it was those two. I think this tweet came in just before yeah. the Derby game. Yeah, it was a bit of a downer, but that happens on, on a long season like that. Uh, so I'm not too worried about it, especially after bouncing back against Derby and, and winning. That important game it just shows you the the uh, 
it shows you the experience we have in our group and 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 also the players coming off the bench doing a difference i mean it's, it's brilliant to see the whole group working toward it not just the first 11 or maybe two players who come on every game it's it's different players who come on and he's chopping and changing and it just shows you the strength and depth we have in our squad and that that might hopefully take us take us uh, up to the Premier League. It'll be difficult, but hopefully that will uh, that'll be the case. I'll, I'll be in front of the TV shouting anyway, so you know that. Um, <laughs> but favourite ground to go to? Uh, um, to, be, to be fair, I loved, I loved playing at, at the Cardiff City grounds. But probably the moment, obviously, we talked about earlier at, at Old Trafford, being a Man United fan and, and all that and beating them the last game of my career in the UK. Yeah, it'd probably be that standing up. Um, Kieran asked, out of all the managers at Cardiff, um, he asked who's the best man- manager. You mentioned Warnock about that earlier on and who's the best tactician. Or If you were going to play under one manager again, um, who would you choose out of the Cardiff managers you played under? Um... Not Russell Slate, because I probably wouldn't play. Yeah, I gathered that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, uh, yeah. It's between Malky and, and, and Warnock, but, uh, but I, I, would, I, would, I would go with, with Warnock because of the way the relationship I had with him, um, the man management skills he had that I learned from, um, and I will probably. If I if I go into management after my career, I'll probably use a lot of it. Um, <clears throat> so I'd probably, yeah, Warnock is, is probably the best manager I've, I've, I've worked under. Um, tacticians, yeah. I'll probably give that, give that to Malky because um, Warnock is more, more man management based and skilled than any I've, I've ever seen. Um, just a little things like we were going to play against Newcastle and I was, I felt in the training the day before, I was like, ah, I don't feel, my calf is a bit stiff and, and I felt I was, I was quite, I was injured and he, he said, ah, fucking hell, gonna, we may as well not turn up then. We may as well just give up. We may as well say 3-0 for Newcastle then. And I thought, hold on a minute. Right, I, uh, I am that important to him and the team that he thinks what well, we are going to lose if I don't play. You know, so oh, okay, I'll get I'll get myself taped up and I'll play for you. I was just ready to run through a brick wall for him because he just made you feel. He was probably doing the same thing to every other player. You know, he was probably saying, the same thing, <laughs> but he just made you feel important. And I will always remember that instant because it just I just thought, wow, he just got me going in a game that I shouldn't even have played, you know. Um, James Prescott asks, what's your best performance in a Cardiff shirt? Um, It's a good question, that. Um, I had a good game against Liverpool in the Cup. Um, And... Um, 
probably a year before we got promotion the second time. We played against Nottingham away. Uh, we beat them 2-1. I gave away a penalty that last minute, but I felt like I had the, the best day and best game of my life. I scored. I think Rousey scored as well. Uh, I remember I got man of a match. Uh, and I, I, I just, that game so, some, somehow sticks in, in my memory. I don't know why. Uh, Camille asks, any chance of returning to Cardiff one day, possibly in a coaching or management role? Well, you never know. I mean, I have my B license, uh, and I'm and I'm working closely with the manager here. Um, I've I've sort of tried to get information from him how they do their things, how they go about it. <clears throat> it's obviously a lot more than I expected it to be because being a player and you come, you just prepare for a training session and you see all them bits and all them cones. And you just do your job and you do the training. and But you don't know what's going on before the training and after the training and, and organizing the next next two weeks or whatever. So it's, it, it looks to me that it's a lot more than I actually thought it was. Um, so all my respect to the managers out there who are doing a good job. Uh, but I, I don't know. I don't know uh, which way or what part of the line I fall into when I quit, when I stop football. I don't know if I will be interested in going into management or doing something for the youth in, in Iceland or whatever, whatever it takes me. I, I, I just don't know at the moment, but I'll thoroughly enjoy it. And I, I'll definitely come um, whenever I can to, to watch, watch Cardiff uh, like just to, to bring my sons there, because they're obviously both born in Cardiff, and, and uh, bringing them to, to show them where I was the uh, majority of my career, I, I would like to do that. So, yeah, I'll definitely come back. Uh, just don't know in, in what way, a manager or coach or, or a kit man, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I'll be the next pussy. <laughs> Uh, Nigel Blues asks, uh, what are you missing most about Cardiff City Football Club and what are you missing most about the city of Cardiff in general? Um, the boys, the, the changing room, um, it's obviously a little bit different here, uh, different language obviously and, and <clears throat> uh, different mentality and, and, and in the changing room. I'm, I'm, I'm getting used to it now, but the, when, you, when you've been in a UK dressing room for 11 years, three years at Coventry and eight years at, at Cardiff, you get used to that. And I think that's probably what I miss most from the Cardiff city. Um, and obviously playing in, in, in front of the, the, the fans, because um, there's not a lot of fans here um, who turn up for the games. They, they tend to watch it more on telly than, than coming to the, to the games, which is fine. But, um, Missing about the Cardiff, um, I don't know really. I, it's a lot of things. I mean, obviously, Oliver, my my son, he was he was settled. He was in school in in Brina, um, and he he we were obviously quite 
Shahdud there. Probably, yeah, Mr. Mr. House we lived in, and uh, and and yeah, just Cardiff in general. Obviously, it was it was it was a special time in my in my career, and and spending somewhere eight years uh, in a football career is is not usual at the at the moment, especially being a foreigner. Um, so obviously, Cardiff is is a big part of of myself and and how I grew up. I mean, I turned up when I was 22 um, as a young boy and uh, enjoyed going to the pubs and, and, and the nightlife and, and all that. It just grew myself into more of a family man and and, um, and Cardiff is, is, a, is a place that I look back to that I grew the most, you know, so it's, it's a special place for me. Regan Bowen Phillips asks, who were your roommates when you were at Cardiff City? And he also says, thank you very much for uh, beating England in Euro 2016. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it was quite a few. I had Nicky Maynard uh, for a while. Uh, Fraser, Fraser Campbell first. Nicky. And then uh, probably the most time I spent with was uh, Nooney, Craig Noon. Um, he was probably... You yeah, sick of Peter Andre by now? Say again. Are you sick of Peter Andre, mysterious Gill, with after spending <laughs> so long with Nuni? <laughs> yeah, we were. Nuni is a funny guy. It's um, he's so organised. Um, every time I I got into the room, he I sat down on the bed, and the first thing he did was bringing up his computer and and all his bills he had to pay, and he 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 was he was finishing off things that. I didn't even think about so he, he, he's just a calm funny funny guy who uh, who I thoroughly enjoyed the company with and he was probably yeah we, we were probably the longest serving roomies until Moza and Rousey took over probably when Nooney left uh, so yeah I, I spent my majority with Nooney um, it's a short answer but uh, yeah Nooney was uh, and then towards the end I was I was with Jas nice Zawataco asks, is it true that you grew up playing on gravel pitches? And if you did, has that benefited you over other players? Yeah, I did. Uh, I played a lot uh, on gravel, especially from the, the, the town I'm from. Um, I think 2002, we got our first indoor artificial grass pitch in my hometown. Until then, I was playing uh, on gravel in, in, in a storm snowstorms or whatever it was it was just uh, yeah it made me it made me tougher it made me realize that i had to work uh, my way into things i didn't get anything i didn't take anything for granted um, it's probably yeah it probably made me uh, a lot lot tougher mentality yeah for for, for being brought up in, in that in that uh, Facilities or surrounding or so there because I'm from a town in north of Iceland who it's a it's a rough place during winter so uh, hence why I play I played handball in the winter and, and football in the summer uh, sometimes we played in the winter uh, football and that was on the gravel pits because the grass was covered in snow and ice. And um, we also asked, have you got any crazy Vincent Tan stories? <laughs> Yeah, probably that I, I'm not going to say <laughs> uh, 
on on here. Now, I mean, I I I know he is is. People have got a different opinions of him, but in my opinion, he he's just an enthusiast. He, he likes he likes Cardiff uh, Football Club. Uh, um, I mean, he spent a lot of money on it, obviously, uh, and he he just enjoys he enjoys Cardiff. Obviously, he made decisions that that were controversial and and didn't benefit him or his relationship with the fans and uh, understandable um, but he likes he likes the football he likes he's a football man clearly he watches a lot of it and he has his opinions which is quite funny um, <laughs> I, I just take it I, I just take him as he is I mean he's, uh, he's he's got a lot to say about it even though probably hasn't he hasn't got much experience from football because he probably didn't play it, I don't know. But uh, yeah, he's he's got a lot of uh, big opinions on 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 how you should play football, which is which is fine. Because he 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 likes football and and clearly he, he likes Cardiff. Uh, finally, uh, Gareth asks, uh, what did you say to Ronaldo during Euro 2016? Uh, the refusal to swap shirts incident. Yeah. Um, like I said earlier, I'm a, I was, I'm a Man United fan um, from when I was young. And I just know, like, the memories of him playing for Man United, I was a big, big fan. Um, but obviously, I, I put that to the side from, from the, the start of the game. And I, I tackled him quite roughly, third minute. And I told him to fucking stand up. Uh, and I don't think he, he enjoyed that. So Strange after, the game, I, I, after the game, I asked him if he, if if I was alright to take uh, get his shirt, and he said he, he said yeah, no worries, inside inside. So I I didn't think of any anything of it. I just I went to the club, the fans went back into the change room, and I, I their kit man was outside, and I said oh, I've asked Ronaldo for his shirt. Is it is alright? You take mine and and bring me his. He said, yeah, yeah, no problem. And then he comes back um, and I see a blue shirt. Or, no, we were playing in white. I see a white shirt. I thought, oh, that's, that's my shirt there. So, uh, all right. So he gave me my shirt. He said, no, no, no change. No change. I was like, oh, all right, no worries. So I didn't think anything of it. And then after the game, I see what he said in the press of our Iceland being a small mentality, didn't want to play football, and we wouldn't get any... We wouldn't get far with this mentality, la la la. So he must have just been frustrated of we managed to to keep him at bay because I mean he's a, he's a wonderful footballer and uh, and and one of the best I've ever seen. So uh, and what an athlete! I mean, going shoulder to shoulder with him and even touching the guy, he just he's just so solid. It's unbelievable. Like I remember, I grabbed this is. His um, uh, tricep, and I just, I just, I've never felt anything like it. It was just, <laughs> it was like touching a concrete. I swear. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't mind. It was just more the media afterwards. It just that that was uh, they they blew it up and and 
uh, in a way where all the fans went against Ronaldo uh, and they were all supporting Iceland because uh, they felt like he was he treated us badly, la la la. So it was just, yeah, I didn't mind it. I mean, you we've all been pissed off and we've all had our games where you just don't want to speak to anyone or especially when you have some Icelandic guy with with the uh, with full beard who was asking for your shirt and you've never seen it before. I, I'm not surprised he didn't probably want to change the shirt. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for your time today. I, we've kept you for ages, but I really know. appreciate it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I always always good to uh, to go back to the memory lane and uh, and relive some of the moments. I mean, it's uh, like I said earlier. It's it's majority of my career, probably. The best, the best part of my career, and and it's uh, Cardiff is, is a special, special place and special team for me. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and...